Welcome to the Epiphany Movement podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's talk from Pastor Drake Nelson. So last week, just to catch you up all to speed, we talked about we are on this journey. The journey is 584 million miles long. You may not even know you're on it, but you are traveling right now 67,000 miles an hour. And as you are traveling, you are journeying around the sun. And last week, I had to tell you a story about how I missed a deer. But yesterday, I killed a deer, even though I was going 67,000 miles an hour. That's pretty cool, huh? So we are on a journey, and we are traveling around the sun. Last week, we left off with the idea that we have laminin, a cell adhesion molecule, by the way, in our body. And laminin is the rebar of the human body. It is holding our body together. It is in the shape of a cross. And we left off with this idea that even though there are millions of microscopic crosses holding our membranes together, there is one glorious cross is holding all of us who believe in the Father on to the Father and holding the Father on to us. And that cross will continue to hold us forever and ever and ever. And I love, I was reading this week, I read in, uh, in Colossians chapter 1, and here's what it says. Talking about the supremacy of God and the glory of God, here's, here, here's how it reads. It says, and He... He being Jesus holds all things together for all things are made by and through him and through Jesus all things are bonded together. And I'm like, of course they are. Of course they are. And today we want to come across this idea that what a shame it would be to see all that God does throughout this year to take another trip around the sun to run the race that God has set before us to, for 52 weeks. Behold the beauty of God week after week, day after day, and get through it all and run the race and go the 584 miles and get to the end of 2022 and still not have courage. What a shame it would be. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Numbers chapter 13 today. Numbers chapter 13. If you're looking for numbers, um, just count on your fingers. Um, one, two, three, no. Um, actually, go to the beginning of the Bible and you'll find it somewhere in the beginning. I think it's the fifth book of the Bible. Um, we're going to be in lucky number 13. When you got it, say Amen. All right, if you're still flipping, just keep flipping. Love hearing that sound. It's going to be in verse 1. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. Here's what it says. It says, The Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land that I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader, one leader from each 
of the twelve ancestral tribes. So Moses did as God or the Lord had commanded him. He sent out twelve men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp into the wilderness of Pan Am. And I want to tell you this morning that you are leaders. In here today, you're thinking, well, I'm no leader. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Listen, if you are not being courageous for the Christian faith, who is? If the Christians aren't going to rise up, nobody else is going to do it. God has entrusted you to his plan. God has entrusted you for the gospel. God has entrusted you to carry his word. And so if you guys aren't going to do it, then who is? Because why? Because you are leaders. You are the leaders. And here's what he says. I'm going to read you the list of the leaders. Get this, okay? These are the names of the leaders. There's Shamua. There's Shaphat. There's Caleb. There's Egal. There's Hosea, which is Joseph. His actual name was Hosea, but Moses just called him um, um, uh, Joshua. And that's how we know him. There's Palti. There's Gideon. There's Gaddy. Son of Sushi, there's Amiel, there's Sether, there's Nabi, and there's Gael. Now, who of you know any of the ten names besides Joshua and Caleb? If you know Shamua, or a Shephat, or an Egal, or a Palti, or a Gadiel, or an Amiel, or a Sether, not Seth, but Sether, if you know a Nahabi, or a Gael, just raise your hand. If you know, any of the, if you know anybody named those names, just raise your hand. You do. Okay, we got one. We got one. Now, if you know a Caleb or a Joshua, raise your hand. If you know a Caleb or a Joshua, just know of almost everybody. So we got one person who knows one of the other ten, but we have everybody, I would almost bet, in the room knows somebody named either Caleb or Joshua. Why? What set these two apart? What made these ten cower down and what made Caleb and Joshua so famous that thousands of years later we all know their name and my plea to you today is that what separated the two was something called courage was something called courage guess what happens in this story, the 12 disciples, or the 12 uh, tribes, the 12 leaders, they go, they scout out this land. And when they finish scouting out the land, they say, hey, look, they are gone for 40 days. And they come back, and everybody's waiting to hear them back. They're like, oh, we're so ready for our leaders to come back. We're so ready for our leaders to come back. And here they come. They're on their way. Everybody's ready. And the leaders get there. And here's what they say. They say the land that God has for us is amazing. It's great. It's wonderful. It's flowing with milk and honey. Look, we even brought some grapes. We got some grapes. You want to see these grapes? By the way, I heard a story the other day. Um, there was a, a Baptist preacher, and he went to the, he went to one of his friends' house, and um, the the friend he didn't go to church or anything like that. So he said, we, you know, um, what what will it take for me to get you to come to church? And so the guy said, you know what? If you'll drink some of this wine, I'll come to church. As long as if I come, you have to tell everybody that you drank this this wine. And he thought about it. He said, okay, sure, I'll do it. So he drinks some wine, and sure enough, next Sunday he looks out and he sees the guy standing um, sit or sitting down in the uh, the congregation. So he gets up there and he says. 
Oh, I see Brother Leroy is here. I just want to thank him so much for coming. And he, by the way, he gave me some grapes the other day, and I just want to thank him for the spirit in which he gave them. He said, look, man, we even have some grapes. We even have some grapes. And then they said one word that was all the difference. And that one word will be the same difference in our lives today. They looked, but they said, here's what they said. The land is beautiful, however, 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 there are giants in the land. And to us, we, to them, we look like grasshoppers. And in your story this morning, in your story throughout this year, you will have a chance for courage to rise up. But as soon as it will, let me tell you a word that will rise up. It will be however, however I'm afraid. However, I can't do that. However, what will they think of me? However, however, however. But what did Caleb and Joshua say? Here's what they said. I want to read it to you. The people, they, 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 they continue. And here's, what, here's what the ten say. They say, we, 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 even, we even saw giants in the land. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought. That's what they, that's what they thought, too. But Caleb, it says in verse 30, but Caleb tried to quiet the people down as they stood before Moses. And here's what he says. He says, let's go at once and take the land. We can certainly, we can certainly conquer the land. But in the next chapter, in verse 10, it picks up and it says this. It says, but the whole community began to talk. Why? They began to talk about who? Joshua and Caleb. They thought, hey, let's stone Joshua and Caleb. Verse 11 in chapter 14 picks up and it says, And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with this contempt? Will they never believe me, even after all the miraculous signs that I have done, and destroy them with a plague? Then I will make you into a great, greater nation and a mightier than Israel. But Moses pleaded, I want to tell y'all a story real quick um, in the middle of this. Um, have y'all ever heard of the ship called the Vasa? It's called the Vasa, I guess is what you would say. I call it the Vasa. It's, uh, here's a picture of it. This ship was built in 1625. It's built by a guy, a guy by the name of King um, Gamuel. He built this ship. Why? He was the, the, the emperor or the king of the Swedish army. And the Swedish army, they ruled the Baltic Sea. So there's tons of nations going to war against Sweden at this time. And King um, Gamuel wanted to make a statement to say Sweden is in charge. So he made this ship. This ship is gigantic, three stories big. It has over 70 cannons on it, all three stories each. 70 cannons. There are over 700 gold-plated statues, but the, the, the tragic, story that happened with the Vasa is that the king said, hey, you know what we need to do? We need to hurry up and get this, this thing on the water, on the road. Let's hurry up, hurry up. And so that it was a whole rush job. They didn't make any blueprints. They didn't make any plans. They said, hey, let's just get this ship on the water. And so they did. They finally got it afloat 
And what happened is that on a Sunday morning, all the crew went to church. And after church, at about 4 p.m. that day, they all went back to the Vasa. And the captain said, you know what I want you to do? I want all 30, there was 30 workers, I want you all to run to one side of the ship. And so they did. And the ship went, Psh. So all run to the other side. And they did. And the ship went, Psh. <clears throat> It didn't have any balance to it. They call it buoyance. So what they decided to do is they decided to put 120 tons of rocks in there, 120 tons at the bottom to make it a little bit more stable. So they did the same thing over and over and over again. And all the 30 would run, and the 30 would run, and the 30 would run, and it would sit here and do just like that. So they finally called the king, and they said, Hey, king, look, we can't, this ship is not going to work. If we set sail, we will drown. Ship, not going to work. It's beautiful, has a lot of cannons. It, it surely has a story. But this ship will not do the purpose of which you have wanted it to, which is float. It's not going to do it. He said, send it out anyways. So he sent it out. And a gust of wind came, and sure enough, and it blew the ship over, so much so that water started coming in the cannon ports. And within 14 minutes, it drowned. 14 minutes. And the Vasa, in all of its glory, it sailed 1,400 feet. Feet. Before it drowned. And the point is, is that we can live these massive, glorious lives. And we can have 70, can we, we can be the most glorious thing that anybody has ever seen. But if we do not have courage, if we do not have something to keep us afloat, we will drown. If we don't have the most important thing that we can take with us on our trip, it's all it is, is this. It is, yes, a Jesus, but it is a belief in that Jesus that will produce in us a courage. So this whole thing happens and Moses and Joshua and Caleb, they go and spend 40 years in the wilderness. I'm sure you know the story. And they travel for 40 years and they all die off. Everybody except three people, Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. And eventually Moses bites the dust too. And so who is the Lord going to appoint to be his, his leader? He's going to appoint Joshua. And as the Lord's about to appoint Joshua, he has a meeting. And it's in Joshua chapter 1 where this happens. And he brings him up before before the Lord and, and God looks at Joshua and he says hey look just as I was with Moses I too will be with you in the same way that I empowered your predecessor I will empower you so verse 6 it says this be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors that I would give them be very strong and be very courageous be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either left nor to the right. Then you will succeed in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. Thank you so much, Cat. Why? So that you will obey everything that is written in it. Only then will you succeed in all you do. And be sure, this is my command. Ready? This is his command. This is a new command. You thought there were only ten commandments. No, he says this is another one. Ready? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So three steps if you're wondering to be courage. You don't need this. You don't need three steps, but here they are. 
It's just believe God. You say, Drake, I can't believe God. How in the world can I believe what God says? Do you not know that it's fearful out here? That I'm afraid? That I don't know what to do? Well, fear is actually what makes courage possible. No fear, no courage. So I'm saying, yeah, it is. There will be things that... Going up to your boss and saying, hey, look. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you, do you have a relationship? Going up to... Fighting an addiction that you've had for years, yeah, that's going to take some courage. It's going to be, you're going to be, what if I fail? What if I screw up? But fear is what empowers courage. So believe God. And then it says, hey, look, do, do. Do what God has commanded you to do. But in order to do, you know what you have to do? You have to study. That's what it says. You see that in the text. It says, meditate on the Word of God. Study it. Do not turn away from it left or right. Study the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Thank you so much, Kat, for instilling that in the young kids. That Hey, look, just as we pour into a piggy bank, the Word of God pours into us. I love what Luke chapter 14 says. Here's what Luke chapter 14 says. It says this. It said, when... A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, Oh, you want to be my disciple, do you? Oh, okay. Well, if you want to be my disciple, here's what you have to do, bro. You have to hate everybody in comparison. Your sister, your mother, your brother, your mom, your dad. Yes, even yourself. You have to lay down your life. And if you don't, you're not worthy of being my disciple. If you want to be my disciple, you know what you have to do? Get, I mean, what do you think Jesus means when he says this? You think he means live a comfortable life and don't have courage? No. He's saying pick up your cross is what he says in the next verse. Pick up your cross and carry it. And if you do not do that, you're not worthy of being my disciple. And this sermon today is called I've Lost My Salt. And here's what it says right there. If a salt loses its, its flavor, its taste, can, can it be made salty again? No. It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. It's not good for the soil. It's not even good for the manure pile. So what will you do with it? You will throw it out. So too will God throw out all of those who do not give up everything for Him. And God is calling us to a courageous lifestyle to drop off everything, to throw off every weight, and to have some courage in our midst. Look, I, 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 it, I, I don't care about the time this morning. Y'all, Jesus may be coming back. And I mean like within our lifetime. But he's certainly coming back sometime. And if we truly believe that, then like, what are we doing? 
you guys are amazing Christians. I'm not saying that you're not. And I'm not like, I, like you have more courage than me. So, but I'm just saying, if Jesus is coming back, then let's not forsake our courage for fear. Let's not forsake this life just for a game of chess. Always trying to move our pawns and become a queen and become a beta rook. Let's not trade it for just something. My power. Let's actually give this life for what counts. If Jesus is really coming back, if he really is king, if he really is in heaven, what else matters? Huh? What, what else? Nothing. Nothing does. Nothing does. And it's time. No, I really mean this. Hear me now. It's really time that we put on our coat of courage. It's time that we put on our coat of courage. And um, I, I want to kick myself right now because I actually had a sheet and I was supposed to give it to every one of you. And the sheet just said, this is where I feel like God is calling me. And I was going to get you to write, where, where, do you, where, where, where do you feel like God is calling you to have courage in your life? But I don't have the sheet, but I want the, the idea is still the same. I want you to think right now, if you would, just close your eyes. And I want you to think this question, okay? God, where are you calling me to have courage in my life? Hey guys, it's Drake. Thank y'all for tuning in to our sermon today. I hope that God has spoken through this sermon. I hope that He has instilled in you courage. And whatever He is calling you to, whether it may be a specific area of your life that you need to to change or to grow in or whether that's a conversation maybe that you need need to have i pray that you would just pray on that and ask god to to grow you and to help you be strong and courageous just like he did joshua well thank y'all for tuning in i hope y'all tune in also for next sunday and stay tuned for our wednesday night teaching on the book of revelation until next time and god bless